This is the BizWest Podcast, a rundown of the news and trends driving business in Northern Colorado and the Boulder Valley. I'm Dan Micah. Today's podcast is brought to you by FMS Bank. Banking made simple with locations in Greeley and Fort Morgan. FMS provides banking that makes sense and makes life simple with personalized financial solutions for business and individuals. Visit FMSBank.com. Although the pandemic has mostly been a net negative for the economy, and that's putting it very lightly, the housing market has been hotter than ever thanks to bond barrel interest rates and the desire of people who are working from home to get a little more space to live. But when a crisis like this occurs, how does it change the fundamental landscape of getting the funds to buy a house? For that, I spoke with Luke Johnson, the CEO of Neat Capital in Boulder, about how his fintech startup and others in the fintech sector could permanently alter the way that Americans buy their homes. Luke Johnson, welcome to the BizWest Podcast. Thanks for having me. So for people who don't know, give us the quick overview of what Neat Capital is and what it does and what makes it different than other mortgage uh, mortgage uh, operators out there right now. So Neat, Neat Capital is a fintech uh, mortgage company. And what we do is we make uh, financing a home just like cash, a one session environment. And so um, what that means to us is that um, rather than just take in a quick app and then put you through a very traditional mortgage process, uh, we look to get everything squared away and done at the outset with a super, super comprehensive um, financial questionnaire, uh, which is followed by um, what we, instead of a pre-approval, a fully underwritten commitment to fund your loan. Um, and so the idea is that provides you with the certainty that you need to make a strong competitive offer when you're um, bidding on a home. It allows you to um, avoid making your offer contingent upon financing. Um, and it allows you to have certainty that the interest rate that we offer and the down payment that you're expecting um, is good to go and completely squared away. So the idea here is to take a process that's traditionally very manual with a ton of back and forth um, and make it a real-time one-session experience um, so that you have, as a consumer, um, certainty that when you're financing a home that you qualify um, and that the, the transaction is, ex- is exactly as you expected it to be. And uh, New Capital just closed on a $22.5 million uh, venture capital round. Uh, quickly tell us what that's going to be used for and, and how that's going to be deployed. So um, that, that round was provided by Left Lane Capital um, and an existing investor, AmFam Ventures. Um, and um, both Left Lane Capital and AmFam are venture investors um, that um, are um, that are all about backing tech companies, AmFam, all fintech, um, left lane, all kind of consumer technologies. Um, and what, what they saw in NEAT and what we, we you know, strongly believe is that we have an opportunity to basically grow um, what we're doing across the United States um, in a much bigger way than we, we've, um, you know, we, we've been afforded the luxury of an excellent growth profile to date. We have uh, 10x growth last year, but we expect um, to need capital to, to expand to all 50 states 
um, to fund more mortgages um, and to, to build um, our technology and customer journey um, into the future. So we, we expect to deploy um, this capital to, to really grow um, throughout the, the nation. So it seems like the the past year of, of 2020, uh, for as bad as it as it has been, just um, just on its face, um, seems to have been a perfect storm for Need Capital in terms of what it does. For for, for one sake, um, a lot of the jobs that were lost were, um, you know primarily people that were not in a position to buy a home on, on their wages anyway. Uh, a lot of people that could work from home and could uh, have those higher, more professional salaries that put them in a position to buy a home uh, just worked from home or had to deal with, you know, maybe a furlough or two, but mostly haven't had a huge disruption to their to their income streams. At the same time, uh, the Federal Reserve has made interest rates as low as possible and intend to do that for a while. And Unique capital is completely online and it avoids having to go into a bank or talk to a to a, uh, a mortgage lender in person. So it seems like, you know, a, again, as bad as 2020 is and as bad as the pandemic currently is, it seems like a perfect opportunity. It seems like the perfect time to be in an online only, uh, the online only mortgage business. Uh, agreed. I think that um, our hearts go out, first of all, to every, anyone impacted by the, the COVID, you know, economic crisis that, that has impacted so many of us, um, you know, in many industries, whether it be hospitality or travel or what have you. So, you know, first of all, you know, it, it feels weird to, to have tailwind in our industry when so many, so many other industries have significant headwind. Um, so that, that um, is not lost on us. We, we also do certainly serve um, clients impacted by this crisis. Um, you know, in, um, even, even those that are impacted that need to free up cash flow through a cash out refi or what have you, um, you know, are, are at least advantaged by a lower rate environment with which to do that um, than they've experienced in the past. And so, you know, we're, we're seeing all sorts of clients certainly come our way. Um, you know, those that need to free up cash, those that are buying a home, um, those that are stuck working from home that are making different lifestyle choices about where they live. Um, and yes, the, the, the Fed of rate environment is certainly benefiting our industry. Um, even before the, the um, you know, the COVID crisis, I think we were rapidly expanding and rapidly growing, um, kind of a, at a 30% month over month clip. And we expect, um, you know, this to just accelerate the growth that we already have, of course. Um, and, you know, we, we do think that, you know, the online lending industry is kind of, of course, here to stay um, and is, is a benefit that is not just for, you know, uh, millennials, but, but also really anyone looking for, for a frictionless transaction and that doesn't want to, like, kind of go back and forth to their bank for, for you know, 60 to 120 days. Um, but, um, but yeah, the, the mortgage industry is kind of interesting in its own right, just because, um, irrespective of this, this, this tailwind, it's the largest section of consumer finance by a very, very large stretch. Um, if you take all of the other segments of consumer finance and combine them, personal loans, student loans, auto loans, credit cards, all of that combined, you still have to multiply that times four to get to mortgage. Um, so mortgage is, is not just 
a big market. It is U.S. mortgage is the largest consumer market, consumer fintech market on the planet. And so um, there, you know, it's this industry is very, very ripe for modern technology. It's ripe for disruption. Um, and there's just a ton of opportunity to meet, you know, clients expectations with with a, a, a far better experience. So, so talk a little bit more about what you expect to to see out of this disruption that you're saying that the, that the mortgage industry could could be facing, uh, particularly out of the pandemic. Obviously, as uh, as you as the leader of fintech startup, uh, you're trying to lead that disruption in in a certain manner. But what is what do you think is going to be what what do you think we once you know again sooner rather than later, hopefully. Um, you know, we can return back to somewhat level of normal and COVID-19 is no longer the uh, incredible public health crisis it is. What are we going to, what do you think that people are going to keep, um, keep, keep from uh, having to buy and, and do their mortgages on- online? What, what do we think the lasting benefit is or? Um, uh, the lasting benefit, lasting trend. What do you think, what, what is the, what do we keep that we've been having to do in the mortgage industry over the past couple of months? Um, what's going to stay once the pandemic subsides? That's a good question. I, I think um, the, the, there, there are many things like, so, so the, the one thing that has ex- significantly accelerated during this crisis is at least the e-closing environment. Uh, with many regula- many county regulators kind of finally allowing for e-notaries and that type of thing to allow for, you know, less um, contact during closing. Um, so we have seen um, a pretty substantial shift from um, regulators to allow for uh, remote services to take place, whether that be the actual closing process or even where your your mortgage company can even reside in terms of the the loan officer that is that is literally giving you that loan. Um, so you know many many um, you know states have extraordinarily antiquated regulations related to you know where we as a mortgage bank need to um, lease lease space and be um, have our employees in proximity to that lease space and only conduct business out of that lease space instead of working from home. We think that that is a real and present danger to public health. Um, And I think everyone realizes that that's a real and present danger to public health. Um, Regulation is always, you know, 10 years behind kind of the, the current scene, of course. Um, but we do expect kind of a wave of modernization subsequent to this because it's no longer just like, you know, crazy Internet companies that are saying, hey, this is a pain for us to, to comply with this regulation. It's literally everyone that services this market is exposed to an extraordinary amount of risk from from antiquated regulations here. Um, and so, um, you know, the, the what will stay is, you know, this this, you know, progress towards allowing transactions to occur um, in an internet enabled way, um, whether they be the actual closing transaction or whether they be the loan application themselves and everything that follows in between. Um, the, the other thing that will stay is, um, is, is an expectation that you don't have to go into, of course, a branch office or or a physical, you know, brick and mortar to 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 have this this um, have real estate activity transpire. 
Um, I think like there's always, of course, a physical element to real estate. You know, there's the viewing of a property. There's the, you know, the actual, you know, possession of a property that that's a, a real thing. Um, and so, you know, that, that'll, that'll continue to happen offline where people will like to see, you know, at some point, you know, the property that they intend to buy. Um, but, you know, even there, we're seeing so, some, um, you know, pretty good trends in terms of um, allowing easier access to properties and, and better visuals and all the rest to, to, you know, kind of open up that world. It, it, that's actually an interesting point. I, I so I am not a homeowner, but I could imagine that from a consumer psychology point of view, that if you're buying a house, um, if you're buying a property that you intend to live in every to have, uh, you know, pretty much every single day to raise a family and potentially that going through that physical process of being inside the house, being with a realtor, um, and, you know, I guess signing the piece of paper in front of a, a, a more a loan officer um, and then, you know, them shaking your hand saying, congratulations, you're a homeowner. Um, that just seems very tactile and very, um, yes, traditional, but kind of like baked into the American dream almost like like having those moments. Do you think that plays into anything? And, and I, I guess just the, the broader question is, you know, the con- the consumer psychology side of something as important as buying a home. How do you think that's that's going to change as you know more fintechs get into the mortgage business and something that tends to be so traditional and so set in its ways? So I I love where you're going with that. Um, how how do you provide a rewarding experience to a consumer that is making the biggest decision of their lives? How, how do you, how do you ensure that? they are um, engaged and um, are, are kind of, you know, the, we're in the business, we're in the financial services business and we provide money to, to fund people's homes, but that's, that can be quickly lost in, um, you know, the nether when everything is not physical, if you get my drift. Um, and so th- there, there's many ways we think about that, that challenge here. Um, and, and one is that we um, that there's kind of the, for, for every benefit that that some of those environments provide, there is a cost to that benefit, you know, or or a problem with that benefit. Um, and so, so first of all, how do how do we take the good out of like the the feeling that you get um, when you you sit down at that closing table, and um, the information you get from that loan officer who's trying to educate you along the way, um, and get rid of the bad parts of it that people don't like the salesy mentality of you know being oversold on something that you're not looking to buy, or how how do you get rid of the annoyance of having to go to a strip mall? Um, to find the title place um, to um, literally sign a you know pile of 150 pages that you'll never have time to read in that setting. Um, and so there, those are those what what how we kind of generally think about that is actually that um, what we look to provide is uniquely and and um, kind of novelly the the only mortgage experience with a true feedback loop built into the tra- technology so that you're getting what you're seeking out of this process from from a you know instead of just saying i apply for a loan i get pre-approved 
What's happening during our loan application, just like sitting in front of a loan officer, is that you're learning about what you qualify for and how we're evaluating your income. You go through a process of cleaning your credit and um, checking all of your data. You go through a process where we, you say, this is my income. We say, well, this is the income you need to qualify for a home size of this, this amount. Um, and this is how we're evaluating that income. Did we get anything wrong? When we ask you about your savings, we say, you know, tell us about your assets, your checking and brokerage and your 401k. And when you do, we say, well, you, you know, this is what you're showing us and this is how we're evaluating it. And here's the requirement to, to, to finance a home of this size. And what's interesting is that that, that um, kind of feedback loop, that educational journey that a client is going through, um, not only helps with conversion, of course, of getting a consumer kind of through, but it also helps in building confidence that they're doing the right thing. Um, they build confidence that they can afford this property, that they qualify for this loan, and that they're getting the best rate available through this program. And that's really the point. And so when, when you know, someone says, are you, you know, satisfied with this or would you recommend this to others or what have you, we have unbelievable, you know, NPS scores at NEAT. And the reason is, is that they're getting very raw feedback in a super transparent journey that they're likely to seek again and be satisfied by because they are getting way more information than they had if they had talked to kind of the used car kind of, um, you know, the stereotypical salesperson that um, might be upselling them or giving them a worse interest rate or not educating them about how close to the affordability threshold they really are. So speaking about affordability, uh, this it also kind of occurs to me that you know if we're talking about disrupting an industry, obviously that it, generally that means we're talking about making something more efficient. Um, and you mentioned that you know with the regulations that are currently in place to allow to allow e notaries and to allow uh, allow mortgage servicers to not be in the county or in the state that they are uh, lending into. Um, I'm curious, just as a as a broader sense, what do you think could be coming down the pipeline within the fintech sector of the mortgage business that might be able to help uh, housing affordability just in general? Um, you're based in Boulder, and for you know us, for a lot of months in, in 2019, the the median price home sale price in Boulder was a million dollars. Um, obviously, you know, the, the, there's, there's just the question of, you know, demand versus supply and, you know, how quickly you can build homes and be able to supply those, supply that. But do you anticipate that within FinTech and within the mortgage industry kind of coming closer together due to the pandemic, there might be some savings involved um, just overall for people who are looking to, to buy a place? So first of all, um, you know, yes, uh, is, is the clear answer. When, when you eliminate all of this friction um, and automate this transaction, you can take large amounts of costs out of the equation. Uh, for many months of the year, we benchmarked as the lowest cost provider that we could find in the entire industry of agency loans um, of all online providers. And the reason is, is that we've been able to pull a massive amount of cost out of our equation. 
Um, so, you know, first of all, the interest rate, you know, writ large and the transaction transactional costs is in closing costs should be lower to consumers when you automate lending. So that's 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 the first win. Um, in in the future, and 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 so you know, a fintech can do things that you know the um, folks with lots of overhead and lots of traditional infrastructure just literally cannot, because we can we can um, automate things like underwriting and processing and closing all of those back office functions within our mortgage bank. We can automate to a much much higher degree, um, and that at the end of the day saves clients and rate um, and closing costs. Um, That doesn't mean that we're done here. Um, That doesn't mean that the industry is done in what it needs to accomplish to lower transaction costs for consumers. Um, You know, know, there are many cost categories that are just simply not being tackled by this industry. And, um, you know, there are lobbyists, of course, that um, have very, very deeply entrenched interests to ensure, you know, ensure that we don't tackle those those costs. Um, Chiefly among that, the highest cost in housing is a realtor's cost. Second to a realtor's cost is um, title costs. And third to that is an appraiser's cost. Title costs are, you know, still not worth their dollar at all. The consumers do not get their value out of paying title fees. Um, and, you know, that's that's a major, major problem for house price of affordability in this nation. And if, you know, the agencies like the Fannie and Freddie's were, were serious about tackling um, house, co- house, house affordability, they would certainly tackle the, co- the, the costs, the transactional costs that are endemic in housing, including title fees and including real estate realtor fees. Um, the, the last is appraiser fees. You know, uh, most homes have been appraised. Uh, most Fannie Mae eligible homes have been appraised, you know, within the last five years. And there isn't a, a prevailing reason to do um, physical um, home appraisals with every single house, especially when it has, you know, a clean history. And there's even less reason to get title insurance again on a new property. Um, and so there's, there's, you know, these things are complete wastes, and they're complete wastes of money for consumers. And you know, I, I, I think like we, we need to do a lot more to reform the industry to make sure that there's a place where we can lower the, those those types of costs, in addition to the financing costs of the property. Luke Johnson is the CEO of Need Capital in Boulder. Luke, thanks for coming on. Thanks so much for having me. I really enjoyed it today. That'll do it for this week's episode. This podcast was produced by me, Dan Micah, with assistance from Lucas High. If you have comments or questions, we'd love to hear it. You can email us at news at bizwest.com. And you can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. If you need to catch up on all the news in Northern Colorado and the Boulder Valley business scene, please consider subscribing to us at www.bizwest.com. We can't do what we do without your support. Our intro and outro music is The Old RV by Craig MacArthur. And from everyone here at BizWest Media, thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next week.